Hey everybody, Steven Jensen here. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Fight Talk Podcast. Before we get started on our award show for 2020 for Mixed Martial Arts, I wanted to give our condolences here at the Fight Talk Podcast to the family and loved ones of John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper, one of my favorite professional wrestlers in the world, and he passed away on Saturday from non-COVID-related lung issues, just a gigantic loss for the wrestling world and just the world in general, a universally loved guy, and he's going to be very, very missed. Um, this week, I don't know if it'll be tomorrow, uh, so prob- probably on Tuesday when you're listening to this. Um, you'll probably hear this on Monday, potentially on Tuesday. Um, this week on my live chat with Jesse Davin, any money we make through Super Chats and donations is going to go directly to the family of Brody Lee. So any money we make down to the penny will go to his family to try to help them however way we can, uh, you know, since this tragedy has occurred. So if you want to check that out and help support, that'd be a great way of doing it. Even if you're hearing the audio later on, we'll try to have links available on the YouTube description of the video that we do this week. And we'll leave that open all week. So even if you missed this live, uh, while we're getting the donations in the, in uh, the super chats and stuff, if you missed the live show, but you're hearing this audio after the fact, please still donate. If you want to donate, We'll leave that open, and you have all week. Any money we make for the entire week, we will make sure to uh, to go to Brody Lee's family, uh, to the the memory and just the close ones. And I mean, he has a family, a wife, and children, and it's just just such a sad thing that's happened. So we want to do our part in, in just helping however we possibly can. So once again, this week, probably on Tuesday, we'll be live, but. Just check it out. Jesse Davin is the channel, J-E-S-S-I-D-A-V-I-N. And just go into the description of the video. There will be a donation link there. It's a Streamlabs donation link. And I assure you, any money we make will be sent to his family. So wanted to uh, wanted to say that at the beginning of the show today. And uh, let's have a good time now. Let's, let's do some MMA awards. I'm going to pass it off to Jumpin' Johnny Mosley. It is Monday for us. I'm assuming we got this out today, Stephen. I think we did. But no matter the day you're listening, it is the final Fight Talk podcast of the year revolving around the UFC, man. We, we've talked about a bunch of shows this year. We've thankfully had a bunch of shows to talk about uh, with everything going on. But we're talking superlatives today. We got some best of, a little bit of news to kick things off here in a second. But as always, man... Uh, a weekend report, and before you can talk about how bummed you are about the Vikings, I got to tell you, man, watching the Titans get just annihilated um, on Sunday Night Football was was awful. Yeah, yeah, it was a rough week for the Titans and the Vikings. So, uh, yeah, it's it's and to full uh, disclosure, I so I'm the commissioner of my fantasy football league, a position I take very with with much pride. <laughs> Very seriously. Um, very, very seriously. Um, we've had the league going. I think this is either our 10th or 11th season. It's like my buddies, a lot of us since high school. And we, uh, anyway, without getting into our, how our whole fantasy football <laughs> uh, season and, and uh, league works, I am currently playing for not last place. Like I am in the, I'm in the 
fucking game where whoever loses this loses it gets last place in the whole fucking league which is oh. not a spot you want to be in so <laughs> um the guy i'm playing against all of his guys have already played i have three people playing tonight uh for the buffalo bills uh stefan Diggs, cole beasley and i got poyer on defense so I, I have a chance of winning still. I'm down about 25 points. And there have been games where Stefan Diggs has pulled that in by himself. So, like, hopefully we get this done. And uh, we're playing for not last place right now. But outside of all that stuff, dude, I'm just ready. Like, I love football. Um, I love my Vikings. But I am ready for this offseason. I'm ready for the draft already. Like, get us get us going for next year. The Titans are still uh, still in it, though, right? They are, as of this, us speaking right now, uh, they are in the playoffs. They technically are the division leader, but uh, the Colts uh, and the Titans have the same record. So it's it's neck and neck going into next week. I believe the Titans win next week. Um, they're in. Um, so that's a good feeling, but it's tight, bro. It's tight. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, at least they control their own destiny. If they win, they're in. That's good. Um, yeah, man, it's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pulling for the Titans. I hope that, I mean, at this Thank point, the, yeah, I mean, the Vikings can't make it at this point. So it's, uh, yeah, fucking football. But outside of that, dude, there was uh, some good wrestling I caught up on and, and that stuff. We talked about that before the show a little bit. So, you know, shout out to Paradigm and Action Wrestling and New South and all the, all the great content that's been going up on IWTV. And I'll also say this because there's probably a lot of, you know, fans that cross over from you know pro wrestling to mma here on this uh this podcast feed um i'll just say this real quick i know there's a lot of stuff going on with like gcw and iwtv and me and moza talked about that a little bit privately um i'm a huge fan of gcw like i i I like their shows i've liked what they've done uh you know people can have their opinions of like the collective weekend and the pandemic and whether there should have been fans there and all that stuff people can have opinions of all that stuff but as far as the actual wrestling i've always enjoyed gcw and i obviously am a humongous fan of iwtv i promote it constantly and that's my go-to spot. Uh, that's my, that's the best $9.99 a month I pay for any streaming services, independentwrestling.tv. So it's one of these things where I just kind of, I just hope that whatever's going on between the two of them just gets worked out because I'm, I'm a fan of both sides. So it's just, it's just shitty to see like this kind of stuff kind of going on right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. All over, we're seeing uh, litigation all over damn social media. Um it's it's not a great look, but hopefully, like you said, it gets kind of figured out and uh, everybody gets back to uh, to enjoying the old IWTV. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But there were some good shows, a lot of good shows they put up there over the past weekend. So if you're a fan of independent wrestling, I mean, Mose was commentating for the action show that I watched. And I'm going to catch up on the New South show that he was telling me he did solo for the most part. So boom, shout out, shout out to Mose for the uh the commentary prowess. And also, you know what? I didn't tell Moses uh, pre-show, but those of you who listen to my various podcasts, you'll probably get a kick out of this. I was watching MLW Mose and, yeah. and, and my brother was over and, Oh, and by the way, my brother, my brother has COVID. I told you he was sick last week. Oh no. He, yeah, you yeah, did. yeah. 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 He, he, he tested positive for COVID on Monday. Um, oh, no. so, uh, like I'm negative, my whole family's negative, everyone's negative but him, and he's been quarantined for nine days now. And on day ten, he's allowed to like go back out and get rechecked. And so like he's actually been fine for the most part. So it's just 
just for people to know, like I was talking about my brother being sick last week and turned out he actually had COVID. But the the week before <laughs> he was he was over here and I had MLW on. And this is, you know, on YouTube. This isn't this isn't even on IWTV. And <laughs> Dominic Garini pops up. My brother's like, no way. Like, <laughs> like he's, he's on this also. <laughs> it's like, no, every every time my brother's over. Dominic Garini pops up on the screen. He is on everything. So shout out to uh, who my brother considers independent wrestling's Hulk Hogan, Dominic Garini. So that's awesome. <laughs> it's too funny because I didn't even think about it because I I know that he's on uh, on MLW and and obviously him and Koo are doing great stuff as a tag team there now. And Garini had been a part of the company before as well. But but I just I just wasn't thinking about that at all. And yeah, just. <laughs> It's so funny watching. Oh, and another part of that too. I'm watching IWTV, and uh, and uh, my brother most of the time when he's over, Garini uses the theme song uh, from The Offspring. I don't know if it's Self Esteem or what song. Yeah. He uses. But yeah, yeah, he usually comes out of The Offspring. And and uh, my my once again my brother's over, and uh, the Cranberry Zombie starts playing, and he's like. He's like, oh, this is badass. Whoever comes out to this song is going to be like my new favorite. And then like it was Garini. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no way. He uses this all. I was like, I was like, dude, I'm telling like Dominic Garini is like a living <laughs> legend uh, in my in my condo. So. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, and that's that's a good little crossover to Garini with the mixed martial arts background and all that. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. Check that out. But yeah. But yeah, man, good, good stuff. Super Trap off Dom. That's what this episode is going to be, y'all. It's going to be awards and us just kicking back because this is the end of the year. This is this is just chill, chill time. So we did it. We made it. Uh, before we get into all of our best dubs, there was some news again, man. Out of the PFL, um, Showtime Pettis, fresh off a win in the Octagon, no longer a member of the UFC, signing a new contract and uh, and making big waves, bro. Yeah, smart, smart for him. Like, uh, we talked about him quite, I mean, we talked about him pretty often on the show, but he did just fought, uh, really recently. And we were talking about, you know, whether or not his job was safe. And I think we were both in agreement that his job totally was safe in the UFC. And he had just beat Alex Morano and, uh, he beat Anthony Pettis or, or sorry, uh, Cowboy Cerrone. That was earlier this year, right? Him and Cerrone. Yes. So like, yeah. So, I mean, he, you know, and from what I understand, Pettis, it was Pettis's decision to test free agency. Uh, he wasn't cut uh, in the same way that so many have been lately. Uh, so this was a conscious effort on Pettis's part to test free agency. He looked to see what was out there. I mean, PFL has some really good fighters. Uh, we talk about Kayla Harrison a lot, but as far as like bigger names that people would have known from like the UFC, you know, Rory McDonald fights there, and you know they uh, who uh, there was another. Uh, I want to say there was another big one that went over there that I, I'm spacing on right now, but PFLs, I mean, they got some, some really good fighters and Anthony Pettis is going to add to that. And uh, he, the way that it works for people who might not know you get paid per fight for the tournament. So whatever his like agreed to amount is um, I'd imagine he makes, you know, six figures to go in there and fight no matter what. And then the winner of the whole season, which usually lasts like, I think like, five or six fights throughout the entire year, maybe, maybe a little less than that. Cause there's like alternate fights and stuff like that too. Um, but regardless at the end of the year, if you're still, if you're the last one standing, you get a million dollars on top of all the money you make, 
you know, per fight throughout the year too. So I think the PFL is a, a really viable option for people who are in, are in Anthony Pettis' situation where you might be, and not even just on his situation, because Pettis is still fighting at a really high level. He's still in his early 30s. But, you know, we've seen him be the UFC champion already. We've seen him on the Wheaties box. You know, he's still fighting at a really high level. He's still getting really quality wins in the UFC. But he's not getting paid, you know, he's getting paid a million dollars over the span of probably like three or four fights a year. But he's not getting like he could potentially make a million dollars in one fight on one night at the end of this year on top of all the money he'll build up through. Like, it's just a really smart business move to and he'll be fighting people unless like they really stack up their their divisions. He'll be fighting people who are probably far below the actual talent caliber of what you normally see in the UFC. So it's smart for Pettis. He probably, and he probably only signed like a one year deal. It's probably like one season. He'll try to make, you know, cl- around $2 million or whatever total. And then he'll negotiate with Bellator and the UFC again, probably. And I mean, you know, I think it's a smart move for him. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I saw it uh, as a wise move as something that, uh, like you said, it's not a, I doubt it's a long-term thing. It's a different, uh, it's a different kind of competition for Showtime. Um, I'm here for it, man. Again, it's just making me. It's it's something. It's another brand of, of MMA that I'm gonna be more interested in watching, and that's that's a win for the fans. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, more options is, I, in most cases, it's better, you know. And you know, there's I think there is something to having like that one big organization where you know all the best of the best fight each other and like that's where you go if you're the best like the nfl kind of thing right but 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 at the same time as a fight fan it it is really nice and refreshing when you know there's just like a random night where you don't even really think a whole lot about you know there's might not be like a whole lot of mma going on or wrestling or whatever and then you're like oh yeah there's pfl tonight and then you're like oh yeah and if fucking anthony pettis is fighting on this you know what i mean it's like this is hell yeah like and you're you're pumped for a you're pumped for a show that like you might not have watched you know, and, and it's on ESPN and stuff. I mean, they have, um, they have a good, I mean, a decent amount of talent. I'm trying to look through, oh, for VC over doom. That's who I was thinking of that, that recently signed there as well. He's going to be in their heavyweight tournament, uh, this year. So like the UFC or the PFL rather is making some, some quality moves at, at some quality fighters and kind of quietly building up, uh, kind of this little roster. And, and the, once again, the thing with them that's going to make them different, but also I think make them really attractive to a lot of fighters is going to be these shorter term contracts where people are signing for one season or two seasons or whatever. And they know if they have a good showing, they can make a lot of money. And being that PFL tournament champion, you have a little more leverage now when you go back to the UFC to negotiate and say like, Hey, you're paying me, you know, three hundred thousand dollars a fight before. I'm the I proved myself outside of the company. Uh, I made all this money. I'm not really in a position where like I need to fight right away. Uh, it gives the fighter a good amount of leverage, and then maybe they they up, you know, that that three hundred thousand, uh, you know, four hundred thousand a fight or whatever, and and they wind up resigning or whatever the or they you you talk to Bellator or whatever. Like one championship is somehow forking out the money they're forking out while. I mean, I'll just say it, and I don't even care who. Like, once again, we're just chilling here. We're, it's, just, it's just us talking here. <laughs> um, one championship is just lying about their numbers. Like, like there's just no possible way that the amount of people 
they claim are watching the show or watching the show. Like they're saying like, I mean, it's like the entire population of the United States is supposedly watching uh, one championship event. So it's just like, it just doesn't make, I understand that, uh, that Asia is a gigantic continent. I get that. And, and maybe if everybody was being like forced to turn that channel on at that time, like, you know what I mean? If there was some sort of like, like continent wide PSA where like everybody has to watch one championship when it comes on, these numbers just don't make any sense that they're reporting. But, no. but, I, but, but, I, but I will say like Demetrius Johnson's going to be fighting again soon. So that's cool. And, uh, you know, that just another, just speaks more to the options where, you know, you might be watching, you might be hanging out one night and it's, you know, two, three in the morning and you're like, man, I can't fall asleep. And then you realize Demetrius Johnson is fighting, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, there's, so, I mean, there's, there's cool aspects to all of it, but, uh, so yeah, it, it's one of those things where I want to see the best fight the best, but I also want to see options and I want to see fighters getting paid what they feel like they're worth, you know, just in general. Like, I, I think there's a lot of fighters that feel like they're underpaid by the UFC and there's companies yes. like Bellator and one and stuff that'll pay them uh, what they want to get paid. So. No, I couldn't agree more, man. Um, excited to see Showtime, see some matchups, some him in there, maybe with a different, uh, just a, a change of pace um, for someone that it, it feels like he's been in the UFC for a million years, even though, I mean, how many banging, you know, WC fights and all that. Um, so <clears throat> shout out Showtime Pettis. Uh, it's good for the fans. We're excited about it. One FC lies about the numbers. We know, we know, we see <laughs> you out there. Um, so, so we're going to do our best of stuff. What are we, we didn't really, we should have figured this out before. Do we start <laughs> with fighter of the year or do we end with fighter of the year? So let's end with fighter of the year okay. and the rest of it, just go, go in whatever order you want. You can lead the same. What we, what we should do is, oh, you know what we'll, we'll do so that we can, it, I think it'll, it'll flow better. We'll do uh you pick one, yes. say who, say who it is. And then I'll pick the next category, but we'll, we'll agree that the, uh, the fighter of the year will do at the end. Okay. Cool. Um, well, let's kick this things off. I think let's kick this thing off with one. I know we're probably there's there's only one. We're going to agree on it. Breakout the breakout <laughs> fighter of the year. Uh, is there anyone else? I mean, I want to argue for Kevin Holland, but it's Chimeyov, right? It's it's Chimeyov. Yeah, it's Kamzat Chimeyov. Yeah, I, I I mean, that was the by far the easiest one yes. on here that I, I knew that everyone. But but it has to be said the guy went. 3 and 0 this year um his first fight he won by Darce choke in the second round his last two he won by first round knockout and and that was in the total of about less than four three and a half minutes uh and he's going to be fight i mean he was supposed to fight Leon Edwards uh you know last week and that's going to be happening now like mid January i want to say so okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll be talking about Chimeyov again, win, win or lose. We'll be talking about him again really soon, but humongous step up in competition really fast again, against the guy, Leon Edwards, uh, that, that, I mean, yeah, that's the only choice. He is the breakout fighter of the year for sure. And those first two fights, uh, were within like two weeks. I think it was 10 days. So, uh, yes. it doesn't get any better than what Chimeyov did, um, as quick as he rose, Got a great look, does it all in the cage, just very efficient, as as Jensen po- pointed out. Um, great stuff, man. And, and then, like you said, we're, we're kicking off 2021 uh, with, with a, that next step for him, right? If he goes out there, if he does this again, 
then he may be getting a title shot before this time next year. Yeah, oh, I agree. I think that if he, I've got the, uh, well, I had the rankings pulled up. I don't know what I did with them. Where did they go? There they are. Um, let me get this pulled up here. So I think that Anthony, or Leon Edwards is ranked like third in the division. He is. Yeah. Okay, so if Chabayov beats him, and they're going to be doing Gilbert Burns versus Kamaru Usman for the title. Um, Colby Covington fought for the belt too recently. So, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, it, the, as crazy as it is, especially because Masvidal, you know, fought and lost for the belt not too long ago and stuff. I would say, I mean, if Chimeoff goes in there and, and beats Edwards, especially if he does it in the kind of fashion that he's been beating people, you know, since he entered the UFC, if he comes in and just impressively just just wipes out Leon Edwards, he'll probably get the next title shot against either Burns or Usman. No, yeah, it's it's one of those that you couldn't have predicted this. No one, no chance, no way to predict where we're in in the year with him. And to say that before summer, um, it, it's it's feasible. It, and, you know, not not that it'll happen, but just to say it's feasible. That this dude, that what his first fight um, just a few months ago, right, that that got this whole thing going, um, will be possibly in there for the gold. It's one of the craziest stories, man, um, absolutely to come out of COVID, but just in recent mem- memory period. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and these are the, and this is what the UFC really needs, too, like, you never know how often Connor's going to be able to fight each year or if he's going to fight at all, like just kind of with what he has going on. And and a lot of it too is, you know, the fans not being there and stuff, them trying to figure those kind of things out with, with the guy, you know, the, the star caliber of, of a McGregor, but you know, they're in a process right now where they're, they're cutting fighters that cost a lot of money that are in these kind of gatekeeper roles in the, in the promotion and the rankings and they need new challengers and they're going to need new faces for the company. And this is the kind of guy that they need. I mean, he's willing to fight. He, I mean, he's, he said in interviews plenty of times, like right after he fights, he's like, put me in there next week. Like I will fight on the next show. Like you said, he fought two of his wins this year were within 10 days of each other. And then the third win was within like two months. So, I mean, the guy's just, he's just, he's willing to fight. He's, this is how guys like, Conor McGregor and Cowboy Cerrone and those kind of guys became the legends that they did is because they were willing to fight anybody, anytime, any weight. That's another thing about Chimeyov. Like he'll fight at welterweight or middleweight. So he, he can, we can be saying the same thing about him potentially at middleweight. Uh, you know, if he decides to go, it, I mean, I, I don't want to look past Leon Edwards because Leon Edwards is absolutely, I mean, I can't even quantify how many levels higher Leon Edwards is than everyone he's fought that Jamal's fought up to this point. I mean, we're talking about a world-class striker, just overall MMA fighter who, who in my opinion should have already gotten a title shot. Like Leon Edwards has been passed over many times. Part of that is on him because there, there were opportunities that he had had where he couldn't make it to the title fight or, or COVID related, uh, you know, travel issues and stuff. But it, it just it's just one of these things where Edwards is is a is contender level and it's a huge step up for Chimeyov. But if Chimeyov can get the job done against him, especially oppressively, 
I mean, we we could be seeing this at two weight classes potentially. Like, Chimeyev has a, wow. a, just a ton of potential. Superstar maybe to come out of the out of a COVID year, man. That's impressive in its own right. Um, what, what's up? What do you got next? You're 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 picking, man. Oh, before we do that, let's do some. Uh, let's do the predictions. Oh yes, twenty twenty one. Well, the only other one I would mention would Kevin Holland, man. What five and zero in twenty twenty, and then he ends it with a super impressive knockout of Jacare. That that would be kind of my my one B, if you will. Yeah, well, not not the uh, not honorable, not honorable mention. Who do you have for next year? Like, who do you think next year we'll be talking oh, about? Like, it, it, it's um, hard. It's hard. It's hard to do this one because like it could be someone we've just never heard of. Um, but who do you think? I guess we'll have a big year next year that like maybe is kind of under the radar. If, if there's anyone that comes to mind, hmm, under the radar. Um, I'm gonna say I, I would have. If Kevin Hall hadn't gone five and zero, oh, if he did just win a couple and zero, oh, that'd have been my guy to go. Um, I'm gonna say I would say even I feel like it's weird though saying that that's a, a kind of a, a breakout. He's 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 had a, a hell of a um, a hell of a run in his own right, but like Shabazi and some of these young cats, um, right? I'm just gonna say Holland for the fuck of it. He didn't win it this year. What if he if he doesn't win a title next year and he he keeps winning? He's a breakthrough in some right, and I just want to keep saying Kevin Holland's name. He's a badass. Yeah, well, and especially if he gets into like title contention or something, like if he's fighting like no more contenders or for the belt or something, he'll definitely. I that's definitely a breakout still because he'll break, yeah break through that ceiling. Exactly, exactly. Um, mine is kind of similar to that. It's someone who's already had a lot of success, but someone that I think uh, will really break out next year. Um, probably towards the end of the year because of the circumstances, but I have Kayla Harrison as mine because I think that she'll win this next PFL tournament. And along the way, I think she'll get a lot of hype. Um, she had fought in Invicta lately and, and just owned, she was supposed to fight in, I think Titan FC. I, I can't remember for sure, but her opponent missed weight so bad. They didn't do the fight recently, but I think that towards the end of the year, we'll be talking about Kayla Harrison and where she is going to sign or has signed at that point um, with most likely either UFC or Bellator. I think in Bellator, uh, she'd immediately fight uh, Cyborg. And I think that that would immediately have to make her a breakout fighter, especially if she managed to win um, or in the UFC, the same kind of thing. Cause I think I could see her going right in there against someone like Amanda Nunez or like a Holly Holm or some, some really, Ooh some really popular fighter right off the bat. And if she gets that win, I think Kayla Harrison in the UFC or Bellator becomes a much, a UFC in particular becomes a much bigger star. Love it. Love it. Shout out Kayla Harrison. Yep. Shout out Kayla Harrison. She's doing great things. And also, I mean, um, I guess I could also throw in this category because it'd be a different sport. Clarissa Shields, if she fights next year, oh, yeah. um, that could be a good one too. I mean, cause she would be, she's O and O and MMA coming in. If she goes in there and starts starching people, that's a, that's a breakout there too. I think. No, that's a good call. That's one to definitely keep an eye out. Uh, again, 2021, all kinds of crazy storylines going in, uh, especially coming off this weird year, man. Yep. 100%. All right, moving on. Let's see the category I'm going to choose is going to be the comeback fighter of the year. So for this category, this isn't necessarily a comeback like during a fight. This is someone who we thought was like down and out and has really turned it around in 2020. Um, My choice for comeback fighter of the year 
is a man who entered 2020 on a three fight losing streak all by knockout and technical knockout. He is the former UFC bandweight champion of the world who I thought was done. And I thought going into his fight with Rafael Sunsau at UFC 250, I thought it was going to be a bad night for him and possibly his last fight in the UFC. But Cody, no love Garbrandt went out there and boom. Yep. Took out a Sun Sao second round, last, literal last second of the second round was just a devastating knockout uh, that was so impressive that he not only kept his job, uh, he is supposed to be fighting for the flyweight title when he's uh, able to fight next. So he's going from bantamweight to flyweight and getting a title shot. And now there's all these other top bantamweights who are calling him out, and he's very much in the mix. Uh, currently, he is sitting ranked at number where is bantamweight uh number three at bantamweight and once again like supposed to fight for the fly uh, the featherweight title sorry the flyweight title um and after the whole everything with uh figueredo and uh, marino gets figured out because after that draw so that's uh that's my choice cody garbrandt uh complete complete new life in 2020 heading into 2021 Hell of a choice, man. Yeah, I can't wait to see where uh, where twenty twenty one ends or twenty. Yeah, I said it right. Ends with uh, with Cody Nolove. This was a hard one for me. A couple of choices came to mind. Um, I, I thought about going Cub uh, coming back from the knee injury, but yeah, I like that one. But I I, I ended up going uh, with Sean Strickland because of uh, I remember that the the accident right. He he came back from a two year um, layoff after that motorcycle accident. I remember that motorcycle accident, bro. That was back uh, back in 2018, the end of the year. Um, and I remember thinking, like, bro, this guy may not fight again. Um, and he he fights twice in 2020, wins both of them, even gets a finish in a performance of the night bonus uh, just a month ago. Um, so I I I. I I went Sean Strickland, man. Um, a hell of a story. I like that a lot. That's a really good choice. Um, it reminds me of like Frank Mir. Remember when he got in that motorcycle accident when she was the champion, had to exactly. give up the belt? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I like that one a lot. Really good choice there with Sean Strickland. Um, for 2021, my prediction for Comeback Fighter of the Year this is a little bit different than how I chose because this year I chose based off of the performance of Cody Garbrandt. Uh, next year, there there was a few that I could choose from, um, and I'll do some honorable mentions depending on who you who you chose. But my choice for 2021 comeback fighter of the year, I'm assuming it'll happen in the UFC, but it could potentially happen in Bellator. Um, I'm going with Nick Diaz. He's supposed to come Boom. back. Yeah, supposed to come back next year. I I mean he's probably my favorite fighter to watch of all time and win or lose. I mean, if he wins, then obviously like even better. But uh, I think just the fact that Nick Diaz comes back, gets in the cage or the ring or wherever he winds up and uh, to see him compete again, I'm going to say that he finishes 2021 as the comeback fighter of the year. Who you got those? I actually was (laughs) thinking the same lines. I was leaning towards Nick Diaz. um, But I will actually, just for giggles, I will say Nate Diaz in 2021, comeback fighter of the year, comes back and he's going to fight Connor and make a shit ton of money and beat him. Why not? I don't know. I like that choice as well. And then especially yeah, if he came back to have that trilogy with Connor and uh, yeah, and especially if he won, that's that'd be a huge comeback. 
Um, my honorable mention was going to be Anthony Rumble Johnson because. Oh yeah, good call. Yeah, because we know he is coming back and he's going to be fighting for Bellator. Uh, and if he winds up, you know, putting together some wins, which is it's very likely. Scott Coker has actually been talking lately about maybe doing a light heavyweight tournament, which would be sick. And he's talking about doing. I can't remember the full. I probably can't remember them off the top of my head, but uh, Nemkov, the champion, would be in there. It'd be Romero, um, uh, Rumble, Corey Anderson. Uh, who else was? I think Bader still was going to be in there. Um, uh, uh, Musasi. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, dude. Uh, Phil Davis. And I can't remember who the eighth one was. Um, it was probably someone good. I just can't remember. But, but the, yeah, I mean, like, that's a stacked-ass tournament. Stacked. Like, <laughs> no, uh, sign me up, bro. Like, that, I, dude, they better – that one needs to have fans. Like, if that any of that happens, that, like – that's that's such a throwback and like legit it's one thing to do the tournament thing it's another to just have name after name after name that would be incredible yeah i let me see if i can find the uh i actually i'm looking up the article right now to see why does this article not list the participants like the other <laughs> one did? I saw a different article that had all the people that that Coker had mentioned. I'm not going to put the website on blast um, because a, a friend of mine wrote that article. Why would you not put? <laughs> why would you not put that in there? Um, so uh, yeah. Oh, Machida was the one that I missed. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So yeah, they're talking about. Yeah, I mean that that's a hell of a, a hell of a tournament if they make that happen. So um so yeah, good deal. Come back Friday of the year, Cody Garbrandt, you got Sean Strickland. We'll see what happens next year. Um all right, next category, Moe. Let's do a I'll I'll save that one. Let's just I, you know, you teased it, you teased it pre-show. So let's do surprise of the year. Um I'm going to say the rise of Gilbert Burns was my biggest surprise of the year. I like that. Um, I'm going to pull his record up because, yeah, he looked great this year. And obviously he's getting the next title shot. Um, and he should have already had that title shot. I don't know what's uh, – I don't know what the holdup there is. I mean, I, the guys – and they, they train together, which is which is great. Like that, they're, that Burns and Usman are willing to fight each other uh, just, you know, to see who the best in the world is without it getting, you know – getting personal um most recently beat tyron woodley that was back in may and then march before yeah and now how how many one two three four five six fights in a row yeah gilbert burns that's a really good choice yeah i i remember the woodley win i had to go back to i remember I was like, who did he finish it was mine he finished in march but it just felt uh it just felt like kind of i hate saying it was overnight especially like you just mentioned all those wins in a row but it just went from like he's a good fighter to like, he's the fucking next guy. So yeah, man, uh, shout out Gilbert Burns. I, I'm excited about that fight down the line. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, my choice this year is Henry Cejudo retiring. Oh, good call. Um, there was some big retirements this year. Um, you know, Habib wasn't really a surprise and we don't know if it's real or not, but well, based on what he's saying, like he's retired, but like, I feel like there's, 
still that chance he keeps fighting, but we'll see how that plays out. But that was kind of expected. The Anderson Silva thing, same kind of thing. He, it sounds like he's going to keep fighting, just not in the UFC. Um, so we had some you know, retirements and stuff throughout Daniel Cormier, but that once again, that wasn't a surprise. Um, Henry Cejudo beats Dominic Cruz in May at UFC 249 and then retires. Like he's the, it, you know, he was the flyweight champion. He was the the reigning bantamweight champion. Uh, there was talk about him potentially even going up to 145 and fighting Volkanovski because, like, he just wanted to keep collecting belts, and there was no one who could really, who could really dispute it because of what he had been doing. And uh, and yeah, he retires. Uh, he retires in his prime uh, as the champion and in front of no fans, like so many others this year, unfortunately. And um. I didn't see it coming because he's still in his prime and he's still a world champion. But I don't, I don't hate that he retired. I mean, I do as a fan because I like watching him fight. But like to see a guy who, you know, had the career. I mean, he's been competing his whole life, going back to his amateur wrestling days. He's been, he's probably been wrestling since he was like five years old, and you know, made it to the Olympics, Olympic gold medalist two division UFC champion has his health still uh, and every, and his wits about him and everything. And it is, is he does all the cringe stuff, but that's calculated. You know, he's, he's actually like his brain works fine still for someone who's, who's been in combat sports and, and stuff along those lines for so long. Uh, but yeah, still in his prime. So it's good to see someone get out and, and still be healthy the way that he was. But um, he's, it seemed like he still had so much more to give the sport of MMA. So it was really surprising to see him walk away when he did. Yeah, this is a sport where we see so many, you know, it feels like every year, every couple of years, there's that like, okay, I'm retiring. And it's you're like, ah, are you though? And I did. I remember thinking like, is he like, is this going to be his last fight? And I still, as young as he is, I would not be surprised to see him in the cage. But just as a moment itself, I remember being like, what? Yeah, exactly. I think everyone's reaction was that like the, the. I can't remember who was in the octagon with him at the time, but you could tell the person doing the interview was like, really? Like, and the commentaries were like, the commentators and everyone was, and it was funny because Dana White was so quick to be like, all right, uh, that's it for Cejudo. Like he says he's retired. I believe him. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on with the division. And like, he didn't even like try to, cause, cause I think, I think as great as Cejudo is, and I recognize, like, I he's one of my favorites to watch. Like, I'm actually a really big fan of Cejudo, and I think the King of Cringe stuff is smart because it gets people interested in him, and uh, you know, it's it's all a gimmick. Like, he it's it's what it's fine, and I'm, I'm a fan of his for sure. But you could tell Dana White like he doesn't like him very much, and he probably doesn't like the fact that he just keeps like taking out all of his like top guys, but like. You know what I mean? It didn't seem like he really fought it off to keep Henry either. He was just no. like, oh, okay, that's it. Like, perfect. Uh, we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, what would, I mean, it's really hard to predict a 2021 surprise, but is there anything that comes to mind that we might see next year that that you could, you know, that would really surprise you if we were to see it? Conor McGregor fights two times in the cage in 2021. <laughs> he fights more than once would be a yeah. surprise. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Um, I'll say this isn't my prediction, by the way, but if this were to happen, it'd be very surprising. Okay. 
but I could also definitely see it happening. I'll say surprise of the year. Habib Nurmagomedov fights next year, but the surprise is that Charles Oliveira beats him for the title. Oh, man. Now that would be a moment. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that's my prediction. Like, if I had to choose right now, I'd still take Habib. I don't think you can bet against Habib, against anybody. Um, But what Charles Oliveira has done this past year has been nothing short of uh, just miraculous. I mean, I don't even have the words for how incredible he looks right now um, and the way he's putting it all together. And I think that if anybody can can keep Habib around to try to go 30-0, and 0, I think that Oliveira is the kind of guy that Habib would actually see as a challenge for all the reasons that I've talked about in our podcast. As long, I mean, every time we do it, I feel like I bring it up. But like Oliveira has an enticing skill set for someone like Habib. And, and I can see that fight potentially happening. And I think Oliveira, once again, I, I would choose Habib to win. But I... I there is a way for Oliveira to win that fight, I think. And if he did it, I think that surprised a lot of people. Man, the thing about that is if Charles Oliveira had, I mean, he just, the, his name doesn't bring, it just doesn't bring that fire, that that fan, that, that like, if that's, you know, if Connor, if Connor's in the same boat as Oliveira right now, hypothetically, you know, that's the name. And even that name, McGregor, they could have that fight again and it would sell. But my point being, like Charles Oliveira and Habib is such a great fight, but it, even with that lack of maybe name draw is the best way to say that. I still think that's a that's gonna that's gonna bring in a pretty good dollar for Dana White, and we know that's uh, that's always gonna make him happy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we'll uh, we'll see we'll see kind of where everything kind of winds up landing. Was it on? Uh, yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out Charles Oliveira, a billion percent. I mean, that guy. I I can't say enough good things. That guy is just. I mean, honestly, I think I said it on one of our shows before, but if Dana White would have walked out with the lightweight title and handed it to him after he beat Tony Ferguson, I would have been totally fine with that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So he's kind of the uncrowned champion as far as I'm concerned. Like there are other people in the division. Like it looks like we're going to be getting, um, I think they're going to do Michael Chandler and I think that they're doing Michael Chandler and Dan Hooker is what it looks like it's going to be next, which is, which is going to be really good. Um, but so like those guys are very much in the conversation, but below Olvera in my opinion right now. And then you got Connor and, and Poirier, but they've been reluctant to, to make that a title fight for some reason. So, I mean, yeah, I think Oliveira has as much claim as anybody right now. Gaethje's kind of the odd man out at the moment, but he'll, he'll, I'm sure his next fight will be really big. It'll either be for the title or number one contender. So he's, he's still right there in the mix too. So the light, lightweight still as, uh, as interesting as ever. Loaded lightweights, man. We, we love to see it. Yes, sir. Um, so it's on me for the next category. I'm gonna do one that I think a lot of people I think a lot of people have this one, um, but I'll get it out of the way. But not I mean it's definitely worth talking about. But I got knockout of the year. Okay. So I went with Jaquin Buckley with the uh, his opponent I believe uh, Impa Kasanyagi. <laughs> yes. Um, he got hit with a I mean Buckley threw. It's it's hard to explain, but he basically 
he throws a kick. The kick gets caught. And he does a spinning heel kick in Zaguri, basically. Like, he's in the air. One of his legs is trapped. And he does a spinning heel kick knockout. And this was on UFC Fight Island 5 in October of this year. Um, I just, I mean, it was just a spectacular knockout. I mean, there were there were more knockouts this year that had more of an impact as far as, like, winning world championships. And, um, and like, there's others. Like, an honorable mention I'd throw out would be, like, um, like Francis Ngannou knocking out Rosenstrike and like, you know, whatever was less than a minute. Less than a minute, yeah. You know, so like there are other impre- there are more impressive wins from like a rankings and, and title standpoint. There are other honorable mentions I could talk about, but I don't know your choice, so I don't want to step on those toes. But but as far as like impressive and flashy and something I never really seen before. I got to go with Buckley's uh, spinning heel kick. I'll call it a spinning heel kick in Zaguri since he 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 pretty much did like the fucking. Rob Van Dam thing where he Van like Dam jumps Nader. over his own yeah. jumps over his own leg thing. Um dude. <laughs> now that that was mine too. It, it is. It's the 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 video is everywhere uh, and for every every right reason it should be um uh, it multiple text messages. The only other one I I again Kevin Holland's knockout over Jacare just he was basically just throwing punch off his like off his back. Yeah. Um that was gross, but I think you're right. It's Buckley, man. That thing was nasty. Yeah, yeah. Um, that hole in Jockeray one, that was one where Jockeray was, like, on his knees, right? And, yeah. And, oh, that was brutal. That was a great knockout. Um, There was another one. I just want to make sure I get, like, the the dates right, Um, just for reference when people look this up, if they're going to yeah. look up any of these. Watch these um, <laughs> The, uh... Another one I'd, I'd bring up that was really important this year was uh, Jan Blahovich knocking out Dominic Reyes at UFC 240, sorry, 253 in September. Um, I thought that that was, it was a great knockout. Um, he definitively won that championship belt, and that was a real breakthrough moment for Blahovich uh, getting that title belt. So I think that uh, that's another one that I want to honorable mention because the, the significance there of winning the world title and uh, just leaving no question because that's kind of been the thing lately with the light heavyweight title is like John Jones's last handful of performances. You know, people think, you know, the fight could have went the other way and and stuff like that. Uh, John Blahovich went in there and just left no questions out there and, and dominated and got that that knockout win over a TKO win to be technical over Dominic Reyes. So that's a big honorable mention for me. No, I'm with it. Uh, I, I think. Uh, that was gross it's it's just those top two man those are the videos i'm going to be watching like from years down we're going to catch ourselves like oh man do you remember when buckley caught old boy or like remember when holland like jocker that was those just stuck stood out uh, so much um so much to me and uh, i i gotta say it again man like just for the year the down year the year we could have had um it's it's awesome that we're here like with all this to talk about, man, like how cool is it on a side note that, you know, we remember when the UFC was not took serious at all. It was a joke. It was cock, human cockfighting. Now it's right up there with the NFL, with the NBA, with something that did not go away, man. It's too big to go away. And that's fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Is there a, is there one next year that, I mean, that's like, this is like literally impossible to predict for next year, but is there anyone or any fight that you like kind of know of already that you think 
we could see a, like a great knockout in this year, this next I year. I think I don't. There's two that I want to say, but I'm going to go with this one. I think, and I love Stipe, but I'm going to say Francis Ngannou knocks out Stipe to win the heavyweight gold in 2021. Knockout of the year. That's a great choice. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that one too because I because I think that is what's gonna happen as well. I, I'm gonna have Stipe over. Uh, or sorry, I have uh, Ngannou over Stipe if and when they rematch. I don't yeah, know yeah. what. I don't know what the fuck the holdup there is. I don't know why this fight still isn't signed, but um, yeah, I mean, that's a great prediction. Um, as far as like fights that we know signed, sealed and delivered coming up, you know, I, I do think Connor's going to knock out Dustin. I'm a humongous, yeah. humongous fan of Dustin Poirier. And I'm a big fan of Connor McGregor as well. Like, I just think, I, I think that we could potentially be talking about that towards the end of the year. Just like, if Connor goes out there after pretty much the whole year off and then, you know, is able to knock out Poirier, that would probably lead to him getting the next title shot. And, um, you know, if he continued to fight, which would be your surprise of the year, if he, if he, <laughs> if, he if he fought, you know, again, not long after that, you know, so I'll say, you know, maybe I, I could see, a, I could see a big Connor McGregor knockout this year too, potentially. So I'll throw that out there. No, I, I I'm with it. I think uh, I'm, uh, I could not have said it better. I'm, I love Dustin Poirier. I've been a fan since Fightville. Um, Great documentary. Yeah, phenomenal stuff. But I think you're right, man. Connor's the guy. So that I, that's a damn good choice on that end, bro. Um, oh, it's me. Okay, so, well, uh, shit, man. We did a knockout. Let's do submission of the year. I had two that really stuck out to me after going my due diligence uh, early this morning. Um, I'm going to go with Ariana Lipsky over Luana Carolina. Basically, dude, she just like, I don't know if you remember, but like she all, like it was a leg lock, but she like was about to just break this chick's leg in half. Yeah. Um, it was super gross. Uh, I went with that. I'll, I'll hold my, my other one. You might be yours before I say that, but that would be my Lipsky uh, submission of the year. I like that one. Yeah, that was that was a great submission. Um there, so this was another tough one because there are definitely more impressive submissions than what I what, what I chose. Like as far as like, you know, there's always going to be, you know, like a like a slick guillotine or like a anaconda or like a leg lock, like you were mentioning, or something that you know you don't see so much. But my winner for submission of the year this year was actually a rear naked choke, which is a very very common submission, but it was in a fight that mattered a lot. And the choice that I've chosen for submission of the year is Aljamain Sterling choking out Corey nice. Sanhagen. Yep. I think that Sterling choking out Sanhagen, it was, it was at UFC 250 in June of this year. And the reason it's so significant and my submission of the year is because it happened very fast. Um, I want to say it was in the first or it was definitely the first or second round. Um, Aljamain Sterling, let me pull this up real quick. Just, so I'm make sure I'm speaking correctly here, but uh, why is my computer going? There it goes. Um, so yeah, it was the first round, a minute thirty into the first round. Yeah, and this was number number one contender fight. Winners gonna get you know Piotr Jan. They were supposed to do Sterling versus Jan this past uh, like last week or two weeks ago or whatever it was. It was supposed to be. Um, the show that we got Figueredo versus Marino that was supposed to have Jan versus Sterling for the Bantamweight title as well. So yeah, this was huge because Sanhagen and we've seen Sanhagen since then, like he knocked out 
Marlon Marias like devastating head kick later in later in the year. So like um, Sterling beats ba- basically it was two guys in the same spot. Sterling and Sanhagen both considered to be the number one contenders. They're both roughly you know the same age. They're both young guys with you know just, their careers haven't even like really started yet, which is crazy because they're already so good and already where they are and Sterling going out there and dominating Sandhagen like that and putting a stamp on it as the number one contender uh, for Pure de Jong, I, I That was, uh, to me, that's the mission of the year, what Sterling was able to do to Sandhagen. I love it, man. Uh, that, uh, that was, that could almost have been my surprise of the year too. Cause I did not see You could have told me, Hey, I'm from the future and this is going to happen. And I wouldn't have believed you. Uh, that's a fucking dope choice, man. Uh, and like you said, the, the consequences that came off of it, um, that's hard to beat. That they, I thought of that, and then I thought of two of Khabib's, man. I mean, I know it It may not have been the craziest, most insane submission, but the fact that, you know, where that put Khabib in his career with the opponent he had, um, obviously the the uh, outside of the cage, the personal stuff like that, that was, you know, on my mind. And then the other one I thought of, was just from a, uh, like a week ago. We uh, we almost forgot to talk about it last show. Was the Jimmy Flick submission? Yeah, the flying armbar. Right. He was getting like his. Uh-huh. He was getting spanked, man. He was getting beat on, and then he he gets that out of nowhere little RKO of a submission. So yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, uh, shout out Jimmy Flick. Yeah, both really good choices there. Uh, great honorable mentions. I think uh, another thing that makes the Habib submission win over Gaethje so incredible is hearing him talk about it afterwards, how Habib was saying, like, I knew that Justin's family was there and I didn't want and I knew he wouldn't tap out. So I switched from an arm bar to a triangle because he didn't want to break his arm in front of his family. Like, that's how high level and insanely and just ridiculously insanely good to be is is he knew the arm bar was there had the time to think like i don't want to break this guy's arm in front of his family switched mm. switched on his own to a triangle and then choked him out cold with the triangle choke because that was like <laughs> the more humane thing to do <laughs> <laughs> the the gears work in that way right i mean it's it, it, <laughs> i don't know if we to, to put into words what they have to be thinking right you're in that cage all this stuff going on and that is where his mind's at, man. It's it's like he's just he's one of one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What do you have as the uh, as like a potential uh, submission of the year for next year? Once again, impossible to call now, but like what's something you think might happen? That'd be a really big deal. I'm gonna say in the the rubber match, Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz three, Nate gets the submission much like the first one ended and shocks the world. I like that. That's a good prediction. I'm going to say piggybacking off of my Oliveira surprise. I say that's how he gets Habib. I think he gets him in a triangle of his own from the bottom. Oh God. I think it's, I think it's like identical to what happened with Fedor and Verdum where Habib gets him on the ground and he's like ground and pounding. And then Oliveira is just so high level off of his back that he does something Habib doesn't expect or catches him, like not necessarily sleeping, but like Habib thinks he's safe. And then Oliveira throws up that triangle from the bottom or just some crazy shit where he like, he like twisters him or something. You know what I mean? Like just some oh wild, like, like it, it, my, my point being is 
if Olvera beats Habib and if he wins by submission, especially that'll one billion percent be the submission of the year. So <laughs> my brain can't even fathom that. You know what I mean? Like that's where Habib has me. But man, like the more you talk about that fight, the more I want it. Yeah, that's the fight, dude. Like, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's the top fight I want to see next year. But um, moving on. So my choice on. So now we're down to fight of the year, female fighter of the year and male fighter of the year. So correct. Um, I'll do I'll do female fighter of the year first and then we'll do okay. the fight of the year and then we'll move on to male fighter of the year to, to wrap it up. Deal. So female fighter of the year. Um, this was kind of tough because there weren't a lot of women that stayed like super active throughout the year, like and were winning at like a really, really high like title level or, or contender level. Um, but the person I went with did have two wins in 2020 and they were both impressive. Um, I chose Valentina Shevchenko. Nice. And yeah, I mean, like, you know, other names could be brought up, obviously, like Amanda Nunez kept you know kept winning but i think she only had one fight for the year um and there's others i mean like kayla harrison which she's done but once again she like lesser competition and and it's hard it was hard for a lot of these companies to even stay active uh throughout the pandemic and stuff like that um like chris cyborg and stuff like just once again lesser competition and whatnot so like uh, i think chevchenko gets it for me because uh back in february she TKO'd Kaylin Chikagian uh, a couple months ago, or last month rather, at UFC 255. She beat Jennifer Maya, and Jennifer Maya looked really good in that fight, but Shevchenko you know, clearly got the win there. And she's been a dominant champion. And I, outside of, I mean, I think Jessica Andrade is an interesting matchup potentially, but outside of that, and there's other good fighters too. Like, uh, I'm going to pull up the rankings right now, but like, uh, uh, what's her? Why can't I think of her name? The woman who keeps getting passed over. Um, um, why can I not? Oh, Lauren Murphy. Um, like Lauren Murphy. Uh, there's there's a lot of good fighters right now, but I, I really think like Jessica Andrade is the one that probably has the best chance of beating Valentina Shevchenko, mm-hmm. but. But she's just been so far ahead of her competition uh, since being the champion. Her only real test, you know, lately at all has been Nunez, who's like the best woman fighter ever at this point. So like, so yeah, I'm going with Shevchenko. What about you? I went with Mackenzie Dern. Oh, that's an interesting one. That's good though. Yeah, Three, you know, in 2020, you know me. I like the uh, I like the when you, you're you're fighting pretty regularly. She fought in May, September, and December. Two performance of the night bonuses, both submissions, won the knee bar over Hannah Cyphers, submission arm bar over Marcos. And then, of course, um, just a few weeks ago, her third win was over Verna uh, John DeRoba. Uh, that was her one time to the judges in 2020. So um, I, I'm going to say Mackenzie Dern. I like that one. And John DeRoba is the, uh, she was the champion in an invictor somewhere like she was really good heading into the UFC and then had looked good in the UFC up to that point. So that was like, that was a real now great. The Dern fight with her, that was a close one. That I think that yeah. was that a decision. It I was, it I, was a uh, decision. 
Yeah, I think that one could have went either way. Um, but the but the point being that like Yana Robe is a, a damn good fighter and Dern, that was a tough test for her and she got the job done on the on the scorecard. So so yeah, Eddie uh well, I guess it's on me first for predictions for next year. Um I'm gonna say next year, uh this is real low hanging fruit. Uh this is like the most obvious answer I could give, but I'm gonna say probably Amanda Nunez next year. Yeah. Yep. You know. I think that she'll retain the title over Megan Anderson, uh, her the featherweight title that is. I think she'll beat her and retain that early this year. And then, you know, depending what she does, like whether she fluctuates weights, you know, or I just don't see her losing. And I think really the her toughest test right now also is Shevchenko. And like maybe we get that fight again in 2021. I don't know. But um, I think Nunez continues to dominate and, and basically, like, if she's active enough, like, if she fights two, three, four times this year, like, and she just keeps winning, I feel like there's just, because she'll, because it'll all be title fights, and, and, and you know, I just don't think that, she, you know, if she stays active, and in, in especially, like I said, in title fights, I just don't, you know, I just don't think that we're going to have a case really for anyone else. No, it's, it's Nunez. If, if I'm not saying Nunez, I would say Kayla Harrison, just because of, the excitement that could come from uh, from a couple of her fights now with maybe more eyes on her on her league, but no, it's it's Amanda. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. All right, so we got fighter. Sorry, fight of the year next, um, and you're up first on that one. Okay, fight of the year. Um, I I I think we I I think I know where you're gonna go, and I agree with you. So I'm gonna say my one B. I'm gonna go Dustin Poirier, Dan Hooker from June. Uh, a lot of stakes into that, obviously, as we've mentioned now, Poirier fighting Connor uh, in a few weeks with possibly title, not possibly, there's definitely some kind of title ramifications that'll come out of that fight. So uh, big win for Poirier, Dan Hooker's still the guy and no one really lost in that fight. Um, that that's, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with DP versus DH. Yeah, that's a great choice. That was one of my favorite fights of the whole year. Um, just Absolutely incredible. I'm a huge fan of both guys. Um, and they're both world champion level fighters. Like Dan Hooker on any given day, I think it could be the champion. Same with Poirier. And just an incredible fight. And I hope we see that one again in the future because that's that's one that they can run back. And it's one of those like win or lose. Like no one really loses in those scenarios. And the winner is always going to be considered a, a title challenger. So it's, uh, yeah, I love that fight. And the the reason Mose chose that, by the way, is because he knew what I was going to be cho- choosing. And I think you agreed with me on, yes. on. Yeah. So so we do agree that what I'm about to say was the fight of the year. But we a very strong honorable mention to Big Poirier time. and Hooker. Yes. Um, Another one that I'll honorable mention is Divison Figueredo versus Alex Murat, or sorry, versus Brandon Marino, which we yes. just saw. Yes, uh, we just saw that. Um, the main reason I didn't go with that is because the fight I'm going to mention right now, I, I do think was better. And I also didn't want to have uh, recency bias uh, because, you know, because the, the Fig and Marino fight happened so recently. I don't want to I don't want to improperly weigh it based on like my current feelings on it, if that makes sense. No, it does. Um, yeah. So we're, we're always a victim of the present. Exactly. Exactly. So, but for those of you listening, I think that y'all all know what I'm going to go with here and what Moses chosen as well. 
Uh, and I never know the correct order in which to say her name. I'm just going to say what I like to say, but I could be wrong. Wiley Zhang or Zhang Wiley, however you want to say it. Uh, Wiley Zhang versus Joanny and Jacek from UFC 248. This happened back in March. And I was there live, which also adds another level of me choosing this fight because the the arena was just... It's funny because that was the same night where the fight after this, the main event was Yoel Romero versus Israel Adesanya, where the crowd was was dead and booing. And the fight right before had a lot to do with that because we had just witnessed, in my opinion, the best female fight of all time. And regardless of gender, just one of the best fights of all time, a male or female or, or any other gender you know, involved. Like this was just it is an all time classic and. Um, and Wiley Zhang got the uh, the decision victory over you on Jacek. And, and like I said, just one of the best fights ever. No, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I wasn't there live, still had a blast watching it. Lost my mind. Um, without a doubt, one of one of the best fights um, of recent years, maybe ever. I mean, that, it's always hard when we, there's so, there's so many great fights. But for this year, for 2020, no doubt in my mind, uh, that is the fight of the year. Yes, sir. Who do you think, like, if there is there a matchup you think we could get next year that you think could potentially deliver a uh, match of the year? Fight Charles of the year? Oliveira and Habib Nurmagomedov. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely the fight that I want to see the most. I've made that pretty clear. But I'll, 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 I'll pivot from that. I'll say, like, my, my choice, if they are to make this happen, because the buildup would be just massive, and especially depending on who holds what title and stuff, if they if next year is when we get John Jones versus Israel Adesanya, that could be that could that has fight of the year written all over it as well. Um, yeah, I'd also see um, if we if we do get Francis Ngannou and Stipe again, that would be a possible fight. Uh, you know, I know I picked the knockout, but um, you know that just how much that would go into that um, the story wise and everything else that that could be one that sticks out. Yeah, for sure, especially because in a fight like that. Even though I'm picking Ngannou also, you know, when they did fight the first time, I, you know, I think Ngannou is a better fighter now than he was. But I also think Stipe is, too. And something that Stipe possesses that just is just an intangible that that, you know, you can't teach is is it sounds corny. But Stipe's heart is I mean, it's he has his heart inside that octagon is is really almost second to none. And this isn't to put down other fighters, but some of the stuff that he's gone through as far as like the war, like DC was beating the hell out of him in some of those fights, like early on and Stipe. Yep. yep Stipe weathered the storms. I mean, in their first fight, DC or sorry, their second fight, DC literally was like hitting attitude adjustments on Stipe. Like he was putting them up on his shoulders and throwing him around. And by the end of the fight, Stipe's landing body. He just fights smart. He's, he's landing body shots and going head body, head body. His footwork is his head movement and uh, just. And I could see something like that possibly too, like Ngannou coming out hot, dropping Stipe, almost finishing the fight, really beating him up. But Stipe recovers and and by the fifth round, he's in better shape and he's landing those body shots. You know what I mean? That could be great. It could be great, man. It's it's uh, it's one that I I feel like we've been waiting more than a year. You know, years, 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 and years for this rematch. So yeah, I think um, I know with COVID and all that, it probably messed it up. But hopefully, we can get uh, get to it in twenty twenty one. 
Yeah, and, and the really shitty thing with Nganu, and this isn't his fault at all. It's actually the opposite of his fault. Well, it's it's his fault for the wrong for all the wrong reasons. So this guy, like, he hasn't fought since May. And before that, I can't remember the last time was before that. The guy has to take like a year off every time. And that's the UFC's fault. Like Nganu wants to be active. And the only thing that's his fault at all is like he goes in there and starches people so fast that it's like he goes in there and he only gets like a minute of octagon time a year. You know, it's like he he should be out there every two, three months or whatever if he can keep doing this and if he wants to, which he does. But he's in a spot where he is clearly the number one contender for the title and should not have to do anything else. And it just, it, if I was in Ganu, I mean, I know he's frustrated, but I mean, he, I, I would just be incredibly fucking frustrated if I was him. Like, like he keeps winning so fast. It's almost a detriment to go out there and you win a fight in a minute. And then it's like, man, it's almost like you wish for him. He probably kind of wishes he would have like kind of fucked around for a second, just to like be in there for a minute and like actually get a little bit of a fight in, you know, once a year. No. Yeah. If you put his last four fights together, time wise, I believe it's like right around two minutes. Which is just insane. So, and, and and then you look at the names, right? Blades, Velasquez, JDS, and Rosenstrike, all that combined for like roughly two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oof. That is so nuts. So, yeah. Shout out Francis Ngannou. Hopefully, he's one of those guys where like, if they don't get this figured out soon, and he, you know, he's looking around going like, well, Bellator is swooping up people for good money and pfl's offering good money and blah blah like i know he's under contract but you know what i mean like i mean there's there's there are options now so and gone they need to be careful with Nganu. They, they need to get him this title shot and they need to make this official and i don't think that stipe is like ducking and by the way i don't i don't know what's i just don't know what the holdup is no yeah i know he had a kid and and family stuff. Um, I'm, so I'm, I'm hoping, like we were saying, a couple more months and we can get that one in because it, it needs to happen. Yeah, for sure. All right, last category. We got male fighter of the year. And yeah, so this was tough once again because part of me wanted to go with someone who'd just been like really active. And then part of me and where I wound up eventually going uh, was more along the same kind of lines that I did with Shevchenko, somebody who's been fighting at a championship level, uh, getting big wins, staying active uh, at the same time. Uh, so my winner for the 2020 Male Fighter of the Year is Divison Figueredo. I think that uh, what he did, that draw with Brandon Marino, I mean, that could have gone either way, obviously, a draw. It, incredible fight, retained his championship, and that came just... Uh, like a few weeks after he had yeah. destroyed, right, destroyed Alex Perez, gets a guillotine choke in the first round. Uh, prior to that, in 2020, he had beaten Joseph Benavidez two different times. And if you go back, this doesn't count, but going back to October, which isn't that before 2020, he had uh, submitted Tim Elliott. So really great string. And um, even though his last fight is a draw, it was one of my honorable mentions for fight of the year. And he did, even though it was a draw, he didn't lose that fight either. And and all it did was elevate Brandon Marino uh, to the level that I've been saying he was this whole time. And now the world knows it. So it, it was a win-win for everybody there. So I'm going to say, and, and also a big, a big weighing factor in this 
was his willingness to go from Perez. And Marino had fought on the same show that they did on 255, yeah. to be fair. But most champions, I feel like, don't have that mindset. I, I shouldn't say that, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, it, takes, it takes a special guy to to defend his title and then be like, yeah, yeah, I'll be here in, in two weeks or three weeks or whatever. I'll do it again because you guys need a, a title fight. Like, I, I'll, yeah, sure. I'll fight the number one ranked guy in, in three weeks. Like, I, I think there's a lot yeah. to be said about that. No, there is. I, I agree. That was uh, that was mine. Um, I had two again lined up that I really wanted to to shout out. And Figgy was there. Three, like you said, three zero and one won the title, defended it twice within three weeks. Uh, just the gumption to do that, like you were just saying, Figgy has to be um, has to be right there. Uh, the only other one I, I would say Holland again five and zero. He yep. all since May. You know, his first fight of the year was in May. Four finishes. And he had a knockout of the year contender with what we were talking about earlier with the the Jacare finish. So, um, and, and then a Kazma, you know, I mean, Jameyov, like all these, you know, a year where again there was so much down. We we're still finding ourselves kind of, you know, this guy, that guy, this, you know, this talent, this, you know, the, this fight. So, uh, it, it says a lot about how deep uh, just the fight game is. But uh, but yeah, not to digress, Figgy for sure was my fighter of the year as well. I mean. Uh, for me, you can't beat someone that's just, I will, I will fight you any day of the week. And he strikes me as that guy. Yeah, I think that's a great choice. And he's also someone that, you know, he's ranked number 10 at middleweight now. So he doesn't have that much. I mean, the middleweight top 10 is stacked, but he doesn't have like, but he doesn't have like a, it's a climb that's doable for him because a lot of these guys fight each other and kind of eliminate each other from contention so like because like right now in my opinion i mean robert whitaker is the number one contender he should get that rematch with izzy but like who knows like because izzy's supposed to be fighting blahovich at light heavyweight but that isn't official and then you also have Teixeira, who should get that shot so who who knows how this is all going to actually uh work out and i guess Teixeira should have been an honorable mention as well what he did this year um yeah yeah, I'll I'll pull up his uh his accolades because he uh he recently beat uh was it uh, Tiago Santos he just he just beat in his last one which was super impressive. Um yeah, Tiago Santos in earlier this year was the Anthony Smith just complete destruction. Two guys that brought a pretty good fight to to John Jones before they fought to share a Maybe that has something to do with it, by the way. There's probably the John Jones effect of, you know, having to fight him and never really being the same afterwards. Um, but, but, uh, but yeah, with, with Kevin Holland, like if you're looking at the middleweight division, you know, there's, there's a lot of winnable fights here for him and, and Whitaker, I think should be the number one contender. I think that Darren Till is very much in the mix still. And I'd love to see Darren Till and Marvin Vittori. Cause I think Vittori is like right there in line now also. And he's a young contender who, who's fought Adesanya before. And I think they went to a decision. So like, <clears throat> so there's. There's a lot of great stuff going on at middleweight, but Kevin Holland, like I think Kevin Holland could knock out Darren Till. I think he could knock out Paulo Costa on the, you know what I mean? On the right night, a lot of these guys, him and him and Jared Cannonier would be fireworks. I mean, there's like, there are my, my point being Kevin Holland's in that mix. And I think he can beat, he can beat all these guys. I think on the right night, on the, on the same token, they can also beat him on the right night. But like, he, he has a shot here at being a real contender at middleweight. And a lot of that is, is the going five and O this year. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
you can't argue with with numbers, man. Numbers don't lie. I mean, unless you're, I mean, you, you, we can make them lie, but that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah, right. um, the numbers themselves do not lie. And five and zero oh in a year, a very down year, man. Um, and all four out of five are finishes. Um, that's that's a hell of a resume heading into next year. And we we've mentioned in other episodes. You know Dana Wyatt is appreciating all this talent that that is saying yes to fighting this consistently, especially now. I know hopefully 2021 is a little more um, normal. Hopefully we get back to some sort of normalcy. I know um, vaccine stuff and uh, as all this is kind of happening now, so we're not sure how long and whatnot. But um, the fact that uh, a lot of fighters were consistent in this year, I think, is going to help them in the long run, assuming they keep winning. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we yeah, we've been saying it all year. The the, uh, the UFC, I think, is going to be very good to the people who stayed active throughout this year for them. And uh, yeah, Kevin Holland is a the prime example of that. And a guy like Chimeov, who we've talked about a lot. Um, as far as like my prediction for next year, I I mean we've talked about him a lot. And so, what I think whether or not Charles Oliveira fights Habib. Like so, if if he fights Habib and he wins, I think he'll he automatically wins Male Fighter of the Year because he'd be the one to beat Habib. Like I don't think anyone can top that. Um, outside of maybe Adesanya beating Jones, if that were to happen, like that'd be a really big deal. But I think even more impressive would be someone beating Habib. Um, and even if he doesn't fight Habib, I think in 2021, let's say Habib is retired, vacates the belt, you have McGregor and Poirier fighting each other. Uh, I mentioned uh, Hooker and Chandler are supposed to fight each other. And that really just leaves Gaethje. And I don't really think Gaethje should have to fight Oliveira unless that's what is for the belt. Like that, which I'd be fine with if they did Oliveira and Gaethje for the vacant title. Like I'm, I'm down for that. Um, Which I guess they could do. Yeah. So, but my, my point is outside of Habib, which, I, I would still choose Habib, but like if he be if he if he fought Habib and he won, he'd be the fighter of the year. But even if he doesn't fight Habib, I think Oliveira beats everybody else in this division right now. I think he beats Gaethje. I think he beats Poirier. I think he beats Connor. We've already seen him seen him beat Ferguson. I think he beats Hooker. I think he beats RDA Felder. All these guys. I did. I just Oliveira's hands have gotten so much better. Um, his footwork has gotten so much better. His ground game, just nobody can do anything about and. Um, and I think that there's guys who could beat him. I think Gaethje can catch him. I think Poirier is well-rounded enough to potentially neutralize him. But I think at the end of the day, with Habib not being there, I think Oliveira, like I've said before, is the uncrowned champion of this weight class right now to me. And, uh, and I think that he has a really, a really big 2021. So I'm going to say Charles Oliveira is who we're talking about next year as male fighter of the year. Uh, what do you got? I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to go on a big time limb with a fighter that he may not even have a single fight in 2021, but I'm going to say he comes back. He fucks around a heavyweight a little bit, maybe fights at light heavyweight. I don't know. I'm going to say it's John Jones. I don't, I, I know the haters don't want to hear it, but I just, I think bones listen, he only has to fight maybe two or three times. And that that may sound that to me even sounds like holy shit that would be um, like a lot for Bones uh, just for as a fan. But I think he does. I think he. What if he fights that Asanya and beats him? 
And then maybe he wins that heavyweight title. I don't know. Um, and then maybe for the fuck of it, it's a year away. We don't know. Maybe he does defend the light heavyweight title one more time. I don't know these things, Steven Jensen, but if any of that happens, the people are going to be talking. Yeah, I'm with you there. I could I could totally see a scenario like that, too. I think it's totally possible that in next year, John Jones is the heavyweight and light heavyweight champion. If that's the case, I think he uh, 1 billion percent has a case to, to be the 2021 fighter of the year. Um, I think what's most likely for him, I think he fights at heavyweight next because he's looking humongous. Right. Um, I think he fights at heavyweight next, but it's probably like because here's and that's the thing, and that's what I, I that's what I'm worried the hold up with Francis is, is that Jones is going to get the Cipe fight, and if that happens, Francis needs to like he either needs to be compensated, like they need to pay him like he's fighting, even though he isn't, or they just need to let him go, and then. Because because there's it is it's insane to like the position that Ngannou's in. We've already talked about that, but I could see a scenario where John Jones and maybe he fights the winner. Maybe they get Ngannou and Stipe out of the way, and then he fights the winner of that fight. Um, but I think John Jones fights for the title in his first heavyweight fight. I, I don't think the move makes sense for him uh, if it's anything less than for the title. So I would uh. So I think it's possible. I think it's totally possible John Jones wins the heavyweight title. I would favor him over, as crazy as it sounds, I'd favor him over Stipe, but I would favor Nganu over Jones. Um, because I think Jones has, like, the wrestling and stuff that could, like, yeah. be really, you know, Stipe might have a little, is a good wrestler, but I think Jones being more well-rounded, more unpredictable, uh, the way that he mixes up his, his striking and stuff. Um, and he hasn't really been going for takedowns lately either, but he he's proven. I mean, he he used to take down Daniel Cormier and say, you know, so the you know I I could the point is I could see him beating Stipe. I could see him beating Ngannou as well. Uh, but I think Ngannou just has that that one punch KO power that's just a gigantic problem for everybody. Um, but I could see that. I could see Jones going up to heavyweight, winning the title, and especially if if Adesanya. Now, I don't want to make any predictions at the moment, but it's a. I think Adesanya versus Blahovich would be a really, really good fight. I think stylistically, yes. it's very interesting, um, and it's a winnable fight for both guys. I think, and and if Adesanya beat Blahovich for that title, and Adesanya is holding the light heavyweight belt that John Jones never lost, and they have all of this beef, especially if Jones is the reigning heavyweight champion at the time. Ooh. You got it. You you got to do that fight. And here's the thing: Adesanya is willing to fight at heavyweight too. So like, so there's there's a chance he can go from middleweight to light heavyweight to heavyweight also. And like, so a lot of these scenarios are possible regardless of weight class. So I, I could see that. I think that's a good prediction, uh, John Jones, because if he beats, especially if the guys he beats are Ngannou or Stipe and or Adesanya in one year, like that's that's a hell of a year. So oh, that's a hell of a year, man. And that's quickly. I know we're we're about to uh, to get out of here, but uh, shout out Jan Blahovich, man. He had a hell of a twenty twenty. We didn't really talk about him, but um, that's a name uh, that he, you know he put some real respect on his name this year. And the the, the idea of him and Adesanya fighting, bro, that's that's fucking fire. I agree. Yeah, and I'm a huge Blahovich fan. Like I was, I feel like I was one of the only people picking him over Dominic Reyes. Yeah. Um, that you got that Polish power, dude. Similar to Nganu, not not to the same degree, because Nganu, I think his power is second to none, none right now. But like, um, 
at light heavyweight, uh, what what Jan is doing to people is just just really impressive. And I think his power would translate to heavyweight because like I could see a scenario where Jan just doesn't want to cut weight and fights a heavyweight fight. And I could see him knocking people out there too. I mean, so yeah, definite shout out to Jan Blahovich. I had him as one of my honorable mentions for that knockout over uh over uh uh Reyes and Reyes, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm on board for that. Yeah, big nice year for uh and also one more guy I'll just bring up just someone else. He was someone I've I've considered as my comeback fighter of the year, but um someone that I think <coughs> deserves just a little bit of a shout out at the end of this show because someone I thought was his career was like winding down, but uh he keeps getting the he just got the job done recently. He's still looking good as Jose Aldo. Like I just wanted to give him a quick shout out. Yep. Um you know, to watch a guy lose three in a row, but to like some of the best of the best and, you know, two current champions. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about someone like that too. Who's, I mean, the fact that he's only 34 is just completely insane, but, um, but yeah, I wanted to give him a quick shout out on this show too, because I wanted to try to fit in Jose Aldo somewhere and wasn't able to, but he really impressed me this year also. Like, uh, you know, that, that uh, the the end of last year, that fight with Marlon Marais was very close. Could have won either way. Most most people think that that Aldo won. Loses to Piotr Jan, and you know Jan is just that next breed. And and we didn't really know where Aldo's career was at. His back was against the wall, and the UFC is cutting a lot of people with his kind of name value that make the kind of money he does. And he goes out there and gets the job done against Marlon Vera a couple weeks ago. So I, I was really impressed and uh, really happy to see uh, where Jose Aldo is at right now. Dude, hell yeah. Um, shout out Jose Aldo, Jan Blahovich, everybody in 2020, man. Um, I had a blast. And again, I can't say enough about with so uh, such a weird year, we're all going to look back on the rest of our lives. Here we are rambling on and on about all this great fight. So, man, um, thankful, thankful that the MMA uh, world did not slow down as much as the real world. Totally agree. Been a good year for MMA you know, for the most part, given the circumstances, them professional wrestling. Once again, people can have their opinions on like whether or not there should be having these shows at all or, you know, with or without fans and masks and social distancing and and all that stuff. And I'm okay with everyone having their own opinions on that stuff. Um, And I'm not even necessarily saying I agree or disagree with any of those viewpoints. Um, But as a fan who watches from home um, with not a whole lot else to do this year, it has been really nice that companies like the UFC and once again, like I know Dana White put out that, that video recently that people shat all over and, and they deserve to shit over it because I, I mean, he, they were so much out of context stuff in that video that was not fair to the people that he was going after um, and stuff. So like, I, I agree with a lot of what people are saying on both sides of it, but as a fan with not a lot to do this year, like I was saying, it was nice to be able to watch UFC events and to be able to watch, you know, professional wrestling and, and, you know, there was, there was at least some sort of entertainment for the stuff that I really love. And, and I have to give them credit for that, whether people agree or not about the shows happening in the first place is one thing, but they did happen. And a lot of these shows did deliver and it gave us something to talk about on the show uh, here on this podcast. It gave us all something to, to watch and enjoy uh, while we're like literally not allowed to leave our houses and stuff. So, uh, so yeah, this has been a fucking weird year. Hope 2021 is infinitely better than this was. Uh, But Hey, we did have some good stuff to talk about at the end of the year. So there's that.
We had some good stuff, man. We had an exciting year. Um, I had a blast, bro. I can't wait to to keep cracking next year. Anyone that wants to follow me over um, over on Twitter at most KOBK, I appreciate it. And um, and at least for me, man, I'll see y'all and or you'll hear me next year. Yes, and uh, want to give a quick shout out. I've done a lot of this on podcasts, and I'm going to be doing another uh, show probably tomorrow with Jesse Davin on YouTube, where we'll talk a lot about this. Did one on Fightful, but. I uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, the family of John Huber, Brody Lee, Luke Harper passed away. Uh, this was just what two nights ago on the I think the twenty sixth, and it was just yeah. it's one yeah it's one that I know me and Mose and everyone in the pro wrestling community is feeling uh, big time right now, and it's just uh, and yeah we're thinking about him and his family and everything, and uh, me and Jesse are planning on doing a show. To, I think it'll be tomorrow, um, but every penny that we make on super chats and donations is getting donated to his family, the family of John Huber. So like if anyone happens to hear this and wants to, uh, to donate to me and Jesse, knowing that everything we make on the show tomorrow is going to be going to his family. Uh, the more, the merrier on that. We, we hope we can raise as much as we possibly can to send over to his family. So, um, you know, rest in peace to, uh, to Brody Lee and yeah, that was a that was a tough one. I don't know if there's anything you want to say about that before we get out of here. It was just man, it was a shock. Um, it, it was just everything, uh, everything, any emotion, any form of, of uh, anything we can give out to uh, to his family, and then definitely anyone listening that can give give to Jensen and them. Um, that's really cool that y'all are doing that, man. But it was it was just. Uh, it's a shock, man. That's a guy that we've seen for years now. And and it's one that, you know, whenever someone passes there, there's always kind of the night, you know, everyone tries to say nice stuff, but um, for, for John Huber, I mean, everyone, it's more than that. Everyone is just so hurt. Everyone that knew him close to all these stories of, of him helping everyone. And, and just, it's, it's a true loss, man. Um, It's just, it's a real, not just to the wrestling community, but just to to the world. Um, so yeah, big time uh, RIP and everything out to the Huber family right now. Yep, we lost a good one in the pro wrestling world. The, the world in general lost someone good. So hate that that happened, but rest in peace. And uh, and yeah, that'll be it for this show. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore F I G H T. T-A-L-K underscore got more videos going up on the All Things MMA YouTube channel. So check that out. And my show with Jesse Davin, I just mentioned we do that on her YouTube channel. Just search it, J-E-S-S-I-D-A-V-I-N. Do the Fightful Select Week on her podcast every Sunday. I did a tribute to uh, Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper, a.k.a. real name, John Huber, um, on the show this past week, as well as my 2020 awards uh, for pro wrestling that I cover over there on the weekender. So you can check that out at FightfulSelect.com. And... uh, and that's going to be it. I hope everyone has a good new year. Hope everyone had a happy holidays. And uh, yeah, for Jumpin' John Mosley, this is Steven Jensen. We'll see y'all next week.